Welcome to the top five most important, crucial life or death items that every first time home buyer must know. But the question is, why stop at just five? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the How to Buy a Home podcast. I am David Sedoni, your How to Buy a Home guy. I'm a realtor with eXp Realty, and today we're going to be getting into those all important, all crucial, life altering top five lists. Top five, top 10, whatever it is. These lists are a great way to get everyone's attention. And they're, they're lists on general things, on subjects that need clarification. And what folks out there have figured out is the best way to get you to click on their attempt to clarify something, but truly actually to just sell you something, is to let you know the top five worst things, the top five biggest mistakes. We all want to be living our best life while we're trying to figure this out. So avoid the pitfalls. You know, I was looking at uh, hashtag adulting on Twitter. And it's graduation time now, 2019. I saw a whole bunch of graduates, high school and college, tweeting that the things they should teach you in school, like to balance a checkbook, to interview for a job, to save for retirement, and to buy a house. But hey, that Pythagorean theory, it's going to come in real handy someday, I'm sure. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to go through the list of things that are important to you and talk about why you are so excited about those lists. I, once again, appreciate everyone being here tonight. I'm doing something new again. I'm doing two podcasts tonight. You heard episode number 11 talking about lenders and the online lenders. This is episode 12 talking about the top five mistakes. This is, of course, the only podcast made exclusively for you, the first-time buyer. There are sure there are other ones out there, but this is the one that really gets down and pulls back the curtain on the real estate industry and tells you all the secrets you need to know to make sure that this gigantic decision, the biggest financial transaction of your life, that it goes well for you. And I also want to talk to those of you out there who are getting screwed because I think that it sucks. My goal is to help turn your largest financial commitment every single month, that's your rent check, I want to turn it into something that's working for you instead of working against you. Buying a home, it's a forced savings account. And except now, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be saving instead of just a little bit every month, you're going to be saving with your biggest payment every single month, and you actually get a roof over your head in return. So let's try to turn you from an aggravated renter who gets angry as the first of the month comes into a happy homeowner. Now, I talked about this last week. Before I get into the list, I would like to remind you guys that last year we had over 1.65 million first time home buyers. That was 33%. The average age was 32 years old, and millennials, since you guys have turned 30, first-time home buyers have been between 32 and 39% of the market. That's about 1.6, 1.7 million first-time buyers every single year. So if you think you can't do it, you can. And I will say it again, 18% single ladies. So gals, if you're out there, first of all, go ahead and smack your head because I just said gals. <laughs> Back off, ladies. I'm married. <laughs> but we've got 18% of you guys out there 
have been getting homes, and that's exciting. Let's talk about the list. First-time buyers, top big things. Well, why so many lists? I said it. It's because it's what you click on. People love lists. Doesn't matter. If, look, ESPN, I'm, I'm a sports guy and a theater guy. Deal with it. I'm odd, but I do know what I'm talking about when it comes to buying a house. But the deal is, I've been watching ESPN. They went crazy. They not only added the top 10 a few years ago, then they added the Friday funnies and the top not 10 because everybody loves lists. If you're an entertainment person, the red carpet, top five worst dressed, always a big thing. New Year's Eve, every year you got the top 10 or the top 100 things that happened in the last year on Facebook or Instagram or wherever the heck you social media eyes. The five best things I learned from Game of Thrones. Lists are big. Google anything and you will see that people are actually using the top five worst mistakes to get your attention. That's what they're trying to do. They're preying on two things that most of the general public loves, lists and trash talk. So they want to, they want to give you a top five worst, top five mistakes. I'm going to do that too, because heck, if it gets people to click and listen and hear the truth that I'm trying to spread throughout all North America, awesome. And guess what my first one is going to be? Guess. You guys know me by now. What do you think my top first mistake of first-time buyers is? The top number one mistake of first-time buyers is that all you did was click on a few top five biggest mistake YouTube videos, and now you think you're ready to go out and buy a house. I'm not ragging on you. I'm not saying that doing that is, is bad or dumb. No, that's great. I'm just saying, please do a little bit more than that. Please, please do more than click on Pinterest. Because man, if you click on Pinterest, you will see nothing but lists for first-time home buyers. But please research and work and try to find a realtor that can do all this for you. Because a good realtor, someone is going to navigate you through the entire process and be an advocate for you. And the last thing I'll say about lists before I move on to my real list is if you Google home loans right now, it's one of my favorite things to do before the podcast, Google whatever topics we're going to be talking about. The second ad, you know, those things that you scroll by every time, it was a list. It was a list of the top three home lenders. But remember, that was an ad purchased by somebody else. Who do you think that they're pumping as the top three? So remember, every time you pick a top five, it's either somebody trying to sell you something or if you click on that, it's somebody who wants to tell you about how they're living their best life. And they probably have a top five list for everything. And I really wonder their expertise if they are the top five ways to blanch kale and the top five ways to lose 30 pounds and the top five ways to save for your retirement and the top five ways to buy a home. I wonder how they can be experts at everything at 34 years old. It's very interesting. All right. Today, what I'm going to do is I've decided that I'm going to talk to you and our lists are going to be based on some listeners. We're really excited about this. We've got listeners out there. Yes, I actually do have listeners. But once again, hi, mom, dad, thanks for listening. We've got listeners that are looking to try and figure out how to buy a home. And everyone's in way different places. If you go back and you listen to First Time Buyer 123, the podcast, we talk about if you're three years out or two years out or one year out. So people have different questions at different times. So my list is going to be the top 10 questions that I got asked by Katrina and Martin, because that's what matters. 
sure, there are general things out there, but what about the top things that were asked by these specific people? And I'm sure they can help you too. And I'll finish with a super list. And that super list is real cool because that is how do you do this step by step? Let's start with Katrina. She's above Los Angeles and her and her husband are trying to figure out how to buy a house. And my favorite thing she said was she said she attended a first-time buyer seminar and she still feels lost. It made her more confused. Good job, first-time buyer seminar. She asked about where's a good school district. So the top way for you to figure out where's a good school district is to listen to the Best Internet Tools podcast. And as a matter of fact, you can go to davidsedoni.com because all of my podcasts are written out there word for word, except the cuss words. But see, I don't even know what a cuss word is because I can say hell and damn, but they bleep me one time. But if you go there and you click on the blog or on the podcasts, excuse me, you can get the complete transcript. And at the bottom of every podcast, you'll get a list. So best schools, tons of lists of all the internet research that I've brought up. Again, with now we're up to 81 first-time home buyers, and all of them have helped me throughout the 13 years. And we've all been working together because those sites always change. Here's another question from Katrina. If I get pre-approved, how long is that valid until? Well, it depends. You can get what we call a lock on your loan. Usually it's 30 days. Sometimes we can extend it for 60 or 90 days. There's usually a small fee involved with that. But the first step is to just figure out what your number is. And then as you get close, you can lock your loan. Later on, I'll do another podcast where we talk about locking that loan and potentially getting a lock with a float, which means that if the rates drop in that 30 days, you get one time where you can drop it down. But it is an interesting game. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Will a pre-approval affect our credit score? So that's a question from Katrina. Yes, it will. And guess what? You got to do it. But it's not as bad as you think. So those of you guys who are new to credit, every time that you apply for credit, you get what's called a credit, a credit inquiry. <laughs> Try saying that a few times. Credit inquiry. If you get a credit inquiry, yes, it can affect and lower your score. So what that's doing is it doesn't want you to go out and apply for 78 credit cards in one weekend. But the cool thing is they changed the law a few years ago so that if you are applying for something in the same industry for the same thing, it only counts as one hit on your credit. And usually by the time that you purchase it, it's not a big deal. So if you're going out to buy a car, you can get credit checks at all the different car dealerships until you find the right deal. And it only counts as one inquiry. And with buying a home, look, if you're doing the 12-year plan, like our 12-month plan, like I said, the one-year plan, the day that you sign your last lease, the next day you should be going out and getting a full loan approval because you only know what you really need to do for the next 12 months if you get a full loan approval. So you'll get one inquiry by that time. Let's say you get that inquiry June 1st, 2019. Well, by the time you come around to buy-in next year, you'll have plenty of time to get that score back up. Here's another question. Moving on our list my top five important things that every first-time buyer must know because everyone's got different questions. Katrina says, will the realtor help us in coming up with the right contingencies to write with the offer? First of all, what's a contingency? A contingency are the things that you're going to ask for within the offer. You're going to be coming up with how long you need to do to have the escrow remain not binding while you're trying to figure out 
do you want for your inspections to get the termite inspection to look at the HOA documents? Um, yeah, the bottom line is a realtor is going to walk you through all of that. There are specific boilerplate terms, no matter what state you're in, depending on where you are in the country and or what province, if you're up in Canada, each place has their own specific rules. And you'll see on your contract that almost everything is written out ahead of time and you just fill in a few little things. Do we get to pick the escrow company or does the seller? Good question, Katrina. Yes, when you are the buyer, you do not. How's that for turning weird negatives on you? Usually the seller gets to pick the escrow and title company. Now, what that means is the realtor usually has a relationship with an escrow or title company that is selling the home. And as long as they're a reputable person, most of the time the seller gets to choose that person. And most of the time, again, you one of these, almost every time it works out. Sure, there are some bad people, but if your real estate agent and your realtor is working hard for you, which trust me, I've had to do sometimes, I don't mind picking up the slack and, and working hard. And sometimes we have to do that to make sure escrow stays on top of it. But that's why you need to choose a fantastic realtor, not a new realtor who doesn't even know what to look for, who doesn't know when an escrow company misses something or a title company misses something or a lawyer, if you're in that part of the country, misses something. So I know that you think maybe you could save money by using a discount realtor, or maybe you can use your friend or your cousin who just got their real estate license. But man, it's just too big a deal to try to do this on your own. Make sure you've got an experienced agent helping you. And if you can't find one, reach out to me. I'll try to help. And you've already got the How to Interview a Realtor podcast, and that should be able to help you. The industry is broken. We're going to try to fix it. There are good people out there. Unfortunately, we just have to search for them. About 95% of the time, it is a seller's choice. Now, here comes the big list that every first-time buyer wants to know. Katrina asked me, does the process go in this order? Is it pre-approval, home search, offer, appraisal, escrow, closing? Now, to some of you, those words might not even mean anything. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you this list. This is the step-by-step 13 things to buy a house. Lucky 13. Are you ready for this? Here we go. And also, Martin, my boy from Mammoth, who just emailed me today, you're going to get some answers in here. Okay, pal? These are answers for you that are going to be helping you understand how the process actually works with all the documentation. But starting from the day you think you should buy a house to the day that you get your keys, here's the 13 steps. Step one. Research. Absolutely do your research. And the good news is you're doing that right now. You're here with me in your ear holes. My wife hates it when I say that, so I'm going to keep doing it. Keep researching. Dig deep. Remember. And then do what you millennials do, which is verify that research. Check and see who said it. Find out if it's someone who's purchased one home and decided to put a blog up on the internet, or if it's someone who helps people buy and sell multiple homes and make sure that it's someone who has sold a home in the past, oh, I don't know, month, two, not someone who sold homes six years ago. Step two, start fixing your credit. Now, I know this is going to sound early, but understand the way credit works is it's all, the more time that you have, the better. I said it before, I'll say it again. The number one thing that every single one of my first-time buyers has said 
is I wish I'd started the process sooner. And that's the reason I started this podcast because people are losing tens of thousands of dollars and fixing your credit. It takes time, whether you're getting rid of some big, ugly stuff on your credit or whether you're just trying to raise your score. There are a ton of tricks. You can go back and listen. I've got two podcasts on credit and there are a ton of tricks in there that can help you raise your score little by little. And you can only do that with time. So step two, start fixing your credit, even if you're five years out. Look, if you're listening to this podcast, you're thinking about doing this someday. So keep researching. Step two, fix your credit. Step three, start learning how to budget. Just start doing it. Start living on 80% of what you make. Put 20% away every single month. Some people say 70. I love that. That's from the book, Richest Man in Babylon. I believe in that process as well. But just start doing it. And then item number four is start saving. So item number three, the budget, a big part of the budget is saving, but it's also looking at where are you spending your money? How are you spending your money? Um, And item number four is make sure that within your budget, saving is part of it. Item number five is ask your friends and family if they can contribute to your big time venture. Why ask so early? Well, because if they're reluctant, then you give them a little time to think about it. Also, because it lets people understand that you're serious about this. If you're saying, hey, in a couple of years, I think I want to buy a house. Is there anything we can do? You never know. Parents, grandparents, crazy uncle, crazy aunt, maybe they can move some money around. But I have literally found, oh my gosh, I said literally. I actually meant it though. That was the correct word. I have had clients in the past who have waited too long. And their parents would have sold another property. They would have cashed out a retirement fund. They would have moved money around. But by the time we get to asking them, it's too late and we can't move things around quick enough. So if you have people supporting you, get them on your team early and you never know. The other thing too is ask people you know are going to say no, because over those next few months, you can really guilt them into trying to figure out who else in the family has some money tucked under the mattress. Show them you're serious. All right, item number six. Now you're ready. Interview and pick a realtor. Check out the whole podcast on that. And most importantly, realize this is item number six coming from a realtor. I'm telling you, there's a lot you can do on your own before you get to a professional. And there's a lot you should do. Because again, the number one thing, everybody comes to me. And by the time they come to me, A lot of times they're out looking at open houses and I'm like, whoa, 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 we got to go back. We got to work on your credit. We got to check out your budget. We got to get your savings together. Start all that stuff on your own and then start talking to a realtor. And then number seven is get your mortgage broker. A podcast episode number 11, I talked about how you want to use a referral from your realtor to find a mortgage broker, someone that can give you multiple options different than a bank or a credit union. We're going to get deeper into that later, but I can't right now because I'm on this tear with my list and I got to keep going. Number eight, check your pre-approval numbers. Now you got your number and now you can figure out where you're going to go from there. Number nine, go back to your realtor and find out what homes fit into your budget. Now you're going to get that pre-approval number. Once you get that pre-approval number, you are never, ever going to talk about buying a home because of how much the list price is again you're going to look at that list price as a monthly number. That's the important part. So number nine is talk to your realtor. 
find out what fits in your budget. Start looking online. Start looking with your realtor. Check out some homes. Then number 10, as you looked online, the homes of the realtors helped you figure out. Assess and reassess your budget. Look at your monthly numbers. Discuss and fully understand the mortgage interest tax deduction. That, my friends, is probably a whole nother podcast. But once you figure out the mortgage interest tax deduction, you will be so stoked, so excited to understand that you can raise your monthly income because the government is going to be giving you a big, big tax write-off. And don't believe the hype in 2019 that it's gone away because of the tax changes. Yeah, it's capped if your home is more than $750. And if you're a first-time buyer listening to my podcast and you're buying a house with a loan over $750,000, then good for you. And maybe you don't need to stress about the tax deduction. Number 11, after you're solid on your numbers that work with the neighborhoods and the things that you're looking for in a house, now you narrow your online search and you go back to the episode I had where I talked about my awesome folks, they're number 80, getting ready to close on their house who had a baby and started looking online. Check out all those great, go online to, to davidsedoni.com, click on the podcast that's the best internet tools to search when buying for your first home. And that's when you get into this. On number 11, you use those internet tools and you start searching like crazy. There, you can do some drive-bys of some neighborhoods. I've recommended doing drive-bys in the day and at night so you can find out what's going on. Now, once you've done all that, now we're at number 12. Number 12 is when you actually go see some homes. That's when you and your realtor go look at places. That's when you go look at open houses, either with or without your realtor. And that's when you get out there. Remember, this is a lot of preparation. You guys really should be doing more preparation for this before you go look at open houses. I know it's not fun. I know it's not sexy. But if you do all that preparation, you just feel more confident when you're going to look at the homes like you know what you're doing. Now we're going to get to number 13. Number 13. Now you're going, boy, David, there's all this other stuff I don't even think you've even mentioned yet. How are we going to get into it? Well, that's because number 13 is getting into the offer and the closing. Different parts of the country, they call this different things. Where I am here in California, we do call it an escrow period. And it's an escrow period or a closing period is different in every part of the country. And it's also different depending on the time of the market. This is a huge thing to remember. The timing of your purchase is going to change all of the contingency periods. That's the buyer beware period. Okay, when you put an offer in on a home, you have a period where you get to inspect the home and look at the home and decide whether or not you want to go through with the purchase before any of your money is in jeopardy. Okay, there will be like a cutoff time where you say, okay, I've seen everything, I've done my inspections, now I'm going forward. Then you have a small deposit that at that point you then sacrifice and, and say, if I don't close this deal now, then that money goes back to the seller. But you do have a contingency period at the beginning, and that is going to change and be different depending on the time. If you're in a high demand time where you're in multiple offer situations, you might have to have a shorter contingency period. Also, if you on the other side, if the markets slow down a lot, you can ask for a big old long contingency period and be like, hey, bro, I'm the only one out here writing an offer, so you're going to do it on my terms. 
And most importantly, when you get into that offer situation, remember, you are buying from a single person selling a single item. No list is going to tell you how to buy a house because you're buying a house from an individual and every individual is different. And there's no manager to call if you don't like the purchase that you bought at the counter. There's no corporate place to email, to hassle and say, hey, you told me I was going to buy this product and it was going to be this and it's not. That's not the way it works. It's one person and there is a good chance they could be fat, flipping crazy. It happens. So understand there are general guidelines, but number 13, doing the closing, it's got about 25 sub points and the order goes like this. You make an offer, you negotiate the offer. Hopefully the offer gets accepted and then you're going to open an escrow if you're in my part of the country or you're going to open into a contract in other parts of the country. And then you have to figure out when to get your lawyer involved. This is when you're going to get in my part of the country, escrow and title involved. Then you're going to pay your initial deposit in the first few days. That initial deposit gets held by a third party and is not subject to being part of the transaction until you finish all of your inspections and you sign off on your contingency period. Then you're going to do your inspections. Then you're going to get an appraisal. All that needs to happen in your contingency periods. Here in California, that's typically a 17-day period to do that. Then you're going to negotiate any repairs. If the appraisal comes in low, then you're going to negotiate any issues with the appraisal. See if you can get them to lower the price or see if you have to bring in more money. Boy, is this a lot? Yes, that's why you can't get this all in just one top five list. Then you got to get insurance. Then you got to do your final walkthrough. Then you sign the loan papers. Then you fund the loan. Then you record the property with the county or the city or the state. And then you get your keys and then you own a home. <sighs> Nobody can tell you how to do that in the top five. That's why I go back to number six on my list and hire a bad ass realtor. Can I say that? Did they bleep me again? We'll find out. That'll be fun. Hire a great realtor. It's free. They work for you. Go back and listen to all my other podcasts. I am so passionate about this. It is a big deal and you should have someone on your side. Now, all those dates and deadlines for my snowboarder buddy, Martin, all those dates and deadlines, that's called the contingency period. It's the buyer beware. Depending on the deal, the demand, the timing that we talked about is how long you want those periods to be. And your realtor is going to help you with that. I'm kind of freaked out that the episode that I have about interviewing a realtor is the least listened episode of all my podcasts so far. But I'm just praying that all you guys out there are in the early planning stages. So you're just not listening to that one. But it's kind of the most important one. But when you get there, listen to that. So if you are closer and you have questions about all these other things, hang on tight. I just started the podcast a few months ago. Well, actually a few weeks ago, I guess. And I'm trying to download like 13 years of all my experience in a clear manner and try to be slightly entertaining while simultaneously trying to disrupt the entire real estate industry and change the way they do things since they're totally screwing first-time buyers. But there is good news. See, the internet is starting to screw the industry back. So there's a chance that together with this podcast and you guys telling all your friends, we could actually get things going and change the way that this industry works because something's going to have to change soon. 
And I don't want to see you guys get thrown under the bus. So if you've got questions because you are closer to that, email me directly. As you'll find out, like Martin and Katrina, I might just do a whole podcast about it or I'll answer you guys directly. Now, hang tight. We're getting ready to wrap up the podcast, but I've got a huge announcement for all you out there in podcast land, something really exciting. Let me give you a quick couple of resources first. As always, the easiest thing to find anything is davidsadoni.com. If you go there, you get links to the blog, you get links to my YouTube channel. I do would love for you guys to check out the YouTube channel. There's Instagram and Twitter links on there too. If that's the kind of way that you like to communicate, I will DM or message or whatever the heck they do. We do have a Facebook group too, how to buy a home. But you know what? Just go to davidsadoni.com and start futzing around in there. You'll be able to find everything you need. Once again, it is the end of the podcast. And as I said last time, if you are still here, that hopefully means that you're getting some out of this. I do give all this away for free. I take the time out of my schedule helping other first-time buyers. I've changed my entire business to help people like you. It's a grand mission for me, a labor of love. And so I want to change the industry and you can help me by writing me a review on iTunes or heck, go on my Facebook page and write a review. But on iTunes, what that does, it gets more people to listen to the podcast. Share this with someone that you love. Please, please, I don't like to beg, but I'm begging you. Share it. Get it out there. Why? Because this is super exciting. If you took five minutes and wrote a review, maybe somebody out there could find the podcast. My first guy that found my podcast, my boy, a boss out in Atlanta, he was driving around on a sales call, found the podcast. This gal, this is the exciting news. Are you ready? Remember, guys, the more that we share this podcast, the more we get news like this. Okay? You write a review, it takes you less than five minutes, and maybe, maybe we get another story like this. Sound the horn, ladies and gentlemen, the How to Buy a Home podcast listeners, we have our first first-time buyer closing on a house. Jacqueline in Denver, she was really close. You know, I got the three years out, two years out, heck, maybe even five years out. Jacqueline was super close, but she was starting to feel frustrated. So she started looking around, found the podcast, and bam, she gave me a buzz. I found someone in Denver that I've been working with for over a decade, had her interview after the interview, they thought it was a good fit. And boom, that team helped her close on a home. Jacqueline, if you're listening, know that me and everybody out there listening to How to Buy a Home is really happy for you. Well, I actually, you know what? I can't speak for them. Some of you might be vindictive and mean and really upset and jealous of Jacqueline. And if so, I'm sorry, but hey, we'll get you a home someday. So if you've got questions, if you want a list that you want to write and you want me to answer those questions to, send them to me. I will get to it. All right. I promise I will get back to you guys because this is important to me. Send me your questions. Share this with other renter friends. And remember guys, you can do this.